I didn't know the risk. <laughs> Big old drip. Why did I see that coming? <laughs> he didn't know the risk. <laughs> Ain't nobody tell me shit. <laughs> Big old drip. <laughs> oh, all right. You guys good? We good. Oh, all right. Pictures up. Rolling. South speed and action. All right, all right. What up, what up? What up, guys? Hi. <laughs> you guys here? Are you awake? Yeah, yeah. Are you alive? You oh, because we didn't start off laughing this time. That's all. No, we just started right. laughing. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, I did. Oh, with my head. Okay. That doesn't count. They couldn't hear that? No, Tim. That's not, damn, it's not how microphones work. Oh, they're not telepathic. Oh, God, they're not that kind of type of microphones. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, next time. Okay. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, <laughs> welcome to episode, was eight? Well, nine? No, no, eight. eight. No, eight episode? comes after seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I asked. Seven, I asked, eight, nine. Yeah, yes. you're right. All right. Episode so, eight yeah. of the fourth wall. We have doubled the walls. Ah. Uh, no? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like two stories now. <laughs> but, but tech. Okay. Yeah. Leave, uh, me right, right, right. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't correct we, it. We built a wall and then Mexico and then. Whoa. See, see, this is not that kind of podcast. The last three episodes <laughs> oh. we were fine with not, you know. All the Latinas. Tim, you were just. Just alienating our entire Spanish listener base. I'm not. I'm bringing them in. No. We're in Southern California. Am I we talking about a in. wall? Look, okay. I just mentioned a wall. It could have been like a nice Adobe wall. It could have been <laughs> <Adobe>. <laughs> nice little stucco. Like, yeah. No, no, Tim. Clay. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you guys uh, had a good week. You guys are you good? By the way, I'm glad that you said anyway and not anyways. Yeah, because anyways is not... There's no plural anyway. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, but I am just happy that you said that. Oh, you, you know I'm happy. a grammar yes. Nazi. You yes. know, like I will, I'm the person that is always, every time one of my friends types the word definitely to me and they write defiantly. <laughs> what I'm they the say one to that's you? like, I'm sorry, there's no A indefinitely, so you're defiantly doing what? <laughs> well, there's not two Fs. There's, like, there's always yeah. so many typos. I love it. Yeah. What bugs me is someone came up to me and asked me, hey, you're black. First of all, that wasn't a question, but it's like, hey, you say axe. I'm like, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, what? Whoa. So only black people say axe? Well, not if you're buying the spray. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't because yeah, black people don't buy that. So <laughs> I get it. I can't forget the time in Vegas. Oh, geez. I don't, you and your sister. Oh, this sounds personal. I, no, it's not. Well, mm. Is it? <laughs> we were dancing. You know, as dancers, we tend to dance when there's music around. Right. I figured that's the whole point of it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were actually dancing to Spanish music. Mm-hmm. Some guy comes up to us. Because you're like, Spanish. Yeah. So but they don't know that. They don't know, right? Because nah, nah. you be looking black. <laughs> I be looking black. Because you know, I'm black, I, you know, say axe. So <laughs> apparently. He came up and axed me. <laughs> Did he like, ask how do you? <laughs> no, he didn't ask so me. So he murdered you. <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm shocked that you can dance to this. And I look at him like. He didn't oh, say it okay. like that. Carry, carry on. I don't remember. Honestly. I remember. Because he, he said it to kind of to me, but about you, oh, which man. was the weirdest thing. He came up to me and he goes, no, that's right. Because he came up to me and he was like oh, yeah. a foot away from you. And he goes, isn't it so cool to see black people dancing to Spanish music? <laughs> As if he's Hispanic. Right. And I all people. Right. They think Tim's the Spanish yeah. one and you're not. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like. That's funny. 
you just said that to the wrong crowd, like <laughs> in all aspects of what you just said. And all of it. Like, do you not see TV or see that people oh, can be mixed? No, I don't think so. Can it be Jeez. Cuban or anything? Dominican? God, no. I get Dominican a lot when they speak Spanish. Like, oh, so you're, no. Yeah. Then don't go to the East you, Coast. They will you assume you are. dark skin with Spanish speaking, so yeah. you got to be Dominican. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're all Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Yeah. I mean, that'd be all right. Would it? I mean... Well, not, if, not if you were. That'd well, be she's Colombian. <laughs> That'd be oh, yeah. weird. She, well, she's not. She, <laughs> this full, Zoe's not. But why did they have a movie call her that? <laughs> she was the movie didn't call It was a documentary. Uh, stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could have sworn. Yeah, no. Colombiana was absolutely a documentary. I knew it. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what I wanted to ask you guys. Did you guys see any of the SAG Award nominations? They went up. That's a no from Tim. Whenever he breathes in and asks a question, that's a no. That inhale. It was a responsible no, lifetime. Not. No, you didn't? <laughs> nah. I mean, for the most part, they're pretty much what you'd expect from this year's work. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the best male actors, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Viggo Mortensen, like mm-hmm. yada, yada. It's, it's people you expect. Although I was happy to see... Uh, uh, John David in there uh, for a Black Klansman, mm. Denzel's son. Okay, uh, yeah, I was I was happy to see him pop up in there. Um, and then you know for the female actor leading role, it's all again the ones you'd expect: Emily Blunt, you know, Lady Gaga. Well, I mean, why are the SAG Awards so different though? See, the SAG Awards are different because. The SAG Awards, the nominees and the actual winners are all voted on by SAG members. So oh, so the actual working peers. Okay. Yeah, this is actual peers not only voting for who should be nominated, but then voting for who wins. So it's it's all the the actors that are saying you deserved this this year. Okay, good. Well, I asked too because. You know, it seems like you're just saying like, okay, it's the normal people you'd expect. But I mean, I meant normal as far as from the movies that have come out this year. Okay, it's what you expect. To, there, there's no real surprise nominees. You know, where you're just like, oh, I just I, that's come out of out of left field. Mm. It's people you would expect, and all the people that have generated that kind of buzz over the year. Okay, um, but yeah. So, but but what's different about SAG is that it's it's the SAG members. So it's it. I, I can't speak for all actors, but I think it tends to mean a little more for some uh, actors. Yeah, I was going to ask if it you know, more of an importance to you. Yeah, because it's it's your peers saying that you deserved it this year. It's not just, uh, you know, it, it's not like the the Golden Globes where the Hollywood Foreign Press is who's voting for it. And they're not actually, you know, in the industry. It's the foreign mm-hmm. press, that's yeah. you know, or even... For the Oscars, like, sure, there are tons of actors that are in the voting academy, but there are tons of people in the voting academy that are not actors and have never acted, you know? And so it just, I think it, at least for me, it it tends to mean a little more when it's all people that do what you do. Yeah, it gives a little more weight to it. You know, saying you were the best this year, so. Oh, it's kind of like classmates. Yeah. Like, we choose you to read, you know? (laughs) Oh, geez. Popcorn, Henry. (laughs) Uh, but okay, no. The main reason I wanted to ask you, Henry, if you saw it, because I wanted to know uh, if you saw the nominations for the stunt performances. Oh no, they have yeah. a section for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, because you know, SAG, it's all about performance. It's the the things that actually 
are are driving the the story, right? So yeah. it's there there is no you know best screenplay from the Saga Wars. There's no best director. It's you know there's not even a best picture. Yeah, their their equivalent of best picture is best ensemble. Oh, okay, right? Because it's all about acting. It's all yeah. about the cast. Uh, but who are the nominees? So. Outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama series. Glow, Marvel's Daredevil, <laughs> Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, The Walking Dead, and Westworld. Oh, okay. Westworld was up there, but I just knew that when you heard Daredevil, you were going to be <laughs> yep. like, ah, you know exactly what you're saying. Give it to them. <laughs> I didn't see Jack Ryan. I haven't watched it yet either. I've heard really good things, yeah. though. And I like John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I feel like I need to check it out but it's harder for me to catch up with the the fringe state the the hulus and the amazons mm-hmm. and like i just forget about them <laughs> at times but as far as the series goes ah oh man daredevil, daredevil was, should yeah it should be it because should be. especially with this the, season oh, oh of course yeah and that was an expansion of the other two seasons that he did for normal right. work with of course tim wouldn't know because he hates foggy but anyway right dude that guy should not be in that show but henry so, you said you read up on the process of how they filmed it which process? Oh, so there's one scene for the third season mm-hmm. where they had this. Um, well, you know the scene where he's in the jail. Yeah, and they're like 47 <laughs> minute one take scene. Yep. Yeah, it was actually 47.2 seconds. Okay. Uh, no, but yeah, the he did. I think he, they said 87 percent of the work. Oh, nice. the yeah. the actor uh, yeah. Charlie Cox. No, Charlie, yeah, nice. 87 percent of the work, and it's funny because you can kind of see the mask where not the mask, but where they masked it off. Where all right. I'm going to crawl in under here right. and take place. Right. It was just choreographed so well oh, with man. precision. And they said that they did it once. They're like, all right, we're not trying to do it again. Oh, but shit. if we have to, we will. But because they choreographed, they spent a whole day choreographing for it. And I think they spent another day just going through the, you know, the transitions. Right. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. One of those one-take wonders. Whew. That was, yeah, that was an amazing scene. Yeah. So. Oof. And you can you can see it and hear it in the performance. He's just like, oh, I think out of breath when he gets into the and uh, still cell. Acting. So yeah. I like to actually bring that out. I was like, oh, this guy, I like this guy. Yeah, still act, and you can see it right when he gets up against the wall. He's like, you know, I'm here. Why didn't this kill you? You know, right? But you can hear it in his voice. Obviously, I can't do. It. I'm not a voice actor, but yeah, oh, it's man. amazing. I need to watch that scene again. Oh, and then I also wanted to talk about the outstanding. Action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Mm. This one is a little interesting. So we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers Infinity War, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, and Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, wait. <laughs> right? Like, Two Marvels and all, Mission Impossible? God. Three Marvels. Three Marvels and Mission <laughs> Impossible? God. Like, as I was going through reading the the nominations the first time, I was like, okay, all right, all right. And then Mission Impossible came in, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't see too much work with, like, Marvel. You, of course, you see it from, like, the back end, but right. actually seeing it on screen. Yeah. Mission yeah, Impossible. Mission, yeah, I know, right? So I'm going to have fun when it comes time for me to vote for these because <laughs> I'm going to be like, I don't know which one. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's... That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, right? Oh. So yeah, and then other than that, I mean, there's pretty decent nominees all the way, uh, nominations all the way through for, you know, drama series, comedy series, p- motion pictures, yada yada. Mm. Um, I actually I realized when the nominations came out that I need to catch up a little bit on some of the films uh, because usually I'm pretty up to date on 
the ones that are nominated, and I haven't seen a decent amount of them yet mm. this year. So I gotta get I gotta get on that. But I'll tell you a movie I did see recently. <sighs> I got so happy to watch. I watched the new, the new Spider Man, the Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Oh, how was that? Oh my God, it's was that so bad? good. Oh, damn. <laughs> Shut up, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Send you to another alternate <laughs> universe. Yeah. No, it's really good. Uh, I haven't seen too many animated films that look and feel like that. I, uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think there are a dime a dozen. Like, there's no one really doing that kind of animation, but the the style of it, like the frame rate and everything, like that's just not really done anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just, I mean, when you watch it, everything felt so authentic. You know, the, even little tiny things, like in the opening scene. Uh, Miles is sitting there and he's like singing along to this song in his headphones and he like does this little thing where he's like bobbing his head and he's like pointing his finger but and it just looked like every black kid <laughs> in the world you know and it was just like yeah they took the time to make sure that it really looked right you know mm-hmm. and then outside of that I mean the story was great I think they wove all the storylines together perfectly I got worried before the movie came out the more the trailers would show I started thinking, uh-oh, this looks like they might be trying to make it a little too childish. Yeah. Especially when I started seeing the trailers that showed more of the Spider-Pig mm-hmm. character, the John Mulaney oh. voice one. Because the the more I saw that in trailers, the more it looked like, uh, like the new Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where it just felt like, that's not, I don't want to see that. <laughs> that's not my <laughs> don't, childhood. Don't ruin the, my childhood, even though Miles Morales wasn't in my childhood. Mm. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But watching it, especially then I started seeing that people were pretty unanimously saying how amazing it was. So I went and saw it and it was, it's really good. It's now you have to say that it's arguably one of the best Spider-Man movies. No kidding. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch it. I know you you guys were saying that um, the last one with, uh, who's that British kid? Tom Holland? Tom Holland. You guys think the one with Tom Holland was by far the best one. Uh, see, here's the or thing. Or more true, at least. I don't know if I would say that Homecoming was by far the best Spider-Man movie. Mm. I think Tom Holland is by far the best Peter Parker we've had. Oh, so it's like the argument with Batman. So you're arguing more the character than... Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So that that's just personally how I feel. I still... I don't know if I would say Homecoming was better than Spider-Man 2. With Tobey Maguire, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, I don't like that one. Yeah, you don't like that one. And no, I like you know, I don't really care for the Tobey Maguire, yeah, version of Peter Parker. I don't think it was bad. I just think that there was so much wrong with the technical aspects of the way the character was written that, Uh-oh. as a fanboy, it upsets me in, in a lot of ways. Well, but I still the, think it's an amazing film. Because I was gonna say, well, that poses something kind of interesting. Do you guys is the disconnect of a character to its film that much of an, a hindrance to whether you think it's a good or bad film for me yeah especially yeah. if it's something that i'm a fanboy of yeah you know like i love spider-man you a know good analogy would be uh look at us growing up with dragon ball z i was just about to bring that up yeah. like <laughs> and look at dragon ball evolution oh that's that's well would, okay well would you say that's overall bad like the characters and the story was not bad? the characters but the storyline and oh. the even the visual effects how they well we can go past that it yeah. sucks. <laughs> i know you guys were were anime watchers growing up i never really was but huh. did you guys watch the avatar series 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. So did you watch the movie? Oh, see, oh, that's no, another one. no, no, that's no, another no. one. Didn't, see, I, and I, I know, I, I watched that with my brother mm-hmm. when it came out, and he was a big viewer of the series, uh, and I had never seen it. So walking out, I was like, "Man, it was all right," and he was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that was horrible." Yeah, and it, you know, it's different when you have that vested interest in it, you know, and uh-huh. it, it means more to you. I mean, my brother, the first thing he said was, they didn't even pronounce the damn character's um, name right. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's the first thing you find. Yeah. All right, that's some shit. They didn't even figure that out. Yeah. So it, I think it definitely is always going to mean more when, you know, it when it has some kind of weight to you, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Uh, so that's that's my gripe with the original Spider-Man trilogy. It's more of the technical stuff. I don't think that as films they were bad by any means. Mm. Um but the the new Tom Holland Peter, I think, is just I think that's Peter Parker. Okay. Now, would you attribute that to the like the writer of the character, or it's kind of more of a play on play off of the writer and how he plays him? I think it's both. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It there are certain things that Toby probably could have done better if they wrote the character like Peter Parker. You know, <laughs> if they made him more sarcastic, like he should be. If they, you know didn't have webs shooting out of his wrist (laughs) all of those things that you know it's like if you just wrote it correctly we probably would have got the good version then okay you know i do have to say i did like how uh toby mcquire's character got hit every time he got his ass but you can see like slow-mo and just like physicality of it yeah it was funny (laughs) entertaining yeah (laughs) and without spoiling anything there there is a, a nice little call out in the Spider-Verse movie to one of the moments in the original Spider-Man really? trilogy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, you guys will enjoy it. Cool. So, Tim, you'll watch this two years from now? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's all go to the movies tonight. Look, don't play let's with me. I'm down. Movies. Oh. Let's See, look, as soon as I say that I'm down to go, then you're like, oh, never mind. Never Sorry. Mind. I, I, didn't, it was I didn't mean it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You lost. <laughs> wait, wait. Didn't you guys want to ask me something? I remember yeah. you guys were like, yo, I want to ask you something, but I want to wait till we're recording. Yeah, how's your day? Well, we're recording. That's, <laughs> was that what you wanted to ask? <laughs> yeah, me? I was waiting all weekend. <laughs> to find out how your day was today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, how was your day Friday? <laughs> oh, shit, what, what was it? Okay, well, I had a question. Oh, yeah. okay, you, so, you tell you, I'll think of mine. You all right, so I was on... Uh, well, not necessarily a date, but I went to like Korean barbecue. Mm, and they're on the side. Tasty. Were, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I've only had Korean barbecue once in my life. Really? It was oh, really man. good, but I've only had it once. I need to go. Try you do. It again. Yeah. To, yeah. That bulgogi is fire. Bulgogi. Bulgogi. Like the way that sounds. Bulgogi. Bul- is it bulgogi? Bulgogi? Bulgogi. Because mm. I think that's how they spell it. But anyway, going right. to the question. I was uh, eavesdropping on the conversation next to me. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how they're on dating profiles and about how they wouldn't date an actor. Oh, and geez. I and I hear that a lot, and I'm pretty sure you do too. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out what's the grab between this. Like, I, I I don't know if you would know, but what's the whole point with like, oh, I will not date an actor, mm. but you would date an Uber driver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand that whole. Like, is there no work put in? I mean, no. I'm you know you know Uber drivers they they do. Hard work, so I mean, hey, to be fair, in their car sitting to be down. Fair, a lot of them rude. are probably actors, <laughs> up and coming actors, of course, because you know, up and yeah. coming, they're not. Uh, okay, I think I had more respect if they were like bartenders than, or waiters or waitresses than Uber drivers. But hey, though, no, I'm not gonna let you do that, All right. because 
as an actor, one of the toughest, especially as a an actor that still needs to keep a regular job, mm-hmm. one of the toughest things is finding a job with the flexibility, the flexibility mm-hmm. to be able to pop out to auditions whenever. I mean, those are, I can't tell you how many times I have auditions that my agent will send me and it's like, hey, this is in an hour from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I need you to go right now. And it's a 45 minute drive from wherever you are. So do you, <laughs> you know? So, so do you think they're just holding on to the whole like, oh, they can't keep a steady job or. So, yeah, the, the stigma probably is a mix of a lot of things. I think probably the biggest thing, though, is geographically where we are. We're in L.A. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like such an L.A. thing to be like, oh, yeah, I'm an actor. You know, so to a lot of people that what they're hearing is, oh, so you're unemployed. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm sure if there are other places in the country where if somebody says they're an actor, it's either less of a stigma or more. You know, maybe it's even depending where you are, it might sound like even more of a pipe dream than it does here, you know. But I think it's just a bit of that. It's just it's one of those things that it's really easy for people to say. No, no, I'm an actor without really having any show for their work. You know, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like remember about seven years ago when literally every guy in L.A. was a rapper. Yep. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Pete, my mixtape. And I can't even front. I was a rapper seven years ago. (laughs) You know, no, but it's it's a bit of that. You know, it's a bit of just. I think it's just people feeling like, so, so you don't do anything, you know, it's like, especially because what makes it even worse is that right now there are so many people that are quote acting, right. That aren't really putting any real work into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean booking jobs. I mean, the craft really caring about it and trying. It just seems like for a lot of people, it's one of those things where they're like, Oh, well, shit, if you can do it, I can do it. So yeah. I'll do it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone hears that so many times. Oh, yeah. And oh, it, it, acting, I can do that. I just got to lie on camera, right? It's like, oh, Yeah, God. no, it's, and people don't realize how complicated and complex of a craft it really is. And so I think the judgment that you're hearing from people like that is more towards those people mm. that are just being like, oh, whatever, I could do that too. Right. And so when you watch, you know, half your Instagram feed being those people that are just doing stupid skits on Instagram and things like that, it's and, and they're being like, yeah, yeah, I'm an actor. Then to those to people that are judging them are being like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what they're feeling like. Not that there's anything wrong with the people that are putting skits on Instagram, whatever. But I just feel like that's where the stigma is coming from is people being like, but you're not a real actor, right? Yeah. Which kind of goes back to what episode two we had of this with yep. the real actor, working actor kind of yeah. argument. You know, in my mind, if you are acting, if you're working on your craft, if you're auditioning or you're going to classes or whatever, you're an actor. You don't have to be on screen to be an actor. Mm-hmm. But to a lot of people, you're not really an actor unless they see you in something. And so if they don't see you in anything, they think... Oh, oh, you're an actor. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure if Jason Momoa came in asking for some brisket, they'd be like, oh my God, I want him. Exactly. So they don't have a problem with actors. They have a problem with people that they think aren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And another thing, uh, 
I guess to add on to that is uh, I guess the whole aspect of lying, like you just mentioned. Mm. Yeah, because you act, you're right. automatically a liar. I don't know why people think that. Sure, I guess as an actor, I, I, I maybe technically I could or should be better at lying, but like no, <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not how it works. And the reason that's not how it works is because. Like Tim said earlier, people assume that acting is just going on screen and lying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not lying. Just because I'm playing a character doesn't mean I'm lying. Just because yeah. you're playing a cop doesn't mean <laughs> Right. I'm I'm not actually trying to convince people in the real world that I'm really a cop. That's not start walking around with a big old handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean it's just I that whole like lying thing. I now what I do get is the fact that people in the industry can seem a little more frivolous to people that are not, right? They, they can seem like the same way musicians get the stigma of like they sleep around and they cheat and this and that. And, you know, you're on set across the country for three months and I don't know where you are or who you're with. Like, yeah. there definitely is an added level of trust that is needed to be with an actor, especially somebody that you think, like if if somebody is, if a girl has to date a guy who books a show where he has a love interest in the show, right? And it's like an HBO series, right? So now so that ain't going away soon. It, no, but what I meant more is that like, it's not like on Fox where they're just doing a little peck and then, you know, I mean like <laughs> a real like yeah, Game of Thrones scene. love scene, right? That's tough for people to deal with that aren't, that don't know how to separate the industry from reality yeah you know that it's because we all are forced to have this mindset that any kind of physical attraction or interaction with any other person at any given moment outside of your relationship is the death of love and it's like no it's not like i can be an actor and love my partner and go and do this scene where i have to pretend to make love to someone else and make out and kiss and be in a relationship and all that. And it has nothing to do with my partner, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure there are going to be people that listen to that and think, Oh, he's just trying to make excuse for cheating. Like, no, it's not <laughs> his job. <laughs> not what I'm saying at all. And, and you know, that that's a whole different conversation, but yeah. So there's, it's hard for people to deal with that. There was a time period where even I was like, you know what? I don't want to date an actress. Mm. And the reason I said that was because I knew that I was a little hypocritical in the fact that I knew that anyone that dated me would have to eventually deal with the fact that, you know, I'm be on screen kissing somebody else or in a relationship, whatever, whatever on screen. Right. And I just didn't know if I was secure enough to watch my girl do it on screen, you know. And again, I am well aware how hypocritical that is. But I was upfront about it, <laughs> you know. It was, it was just one of those things. Like I'm, I'm over that now. I don't care anymore. I've gotten to a different point in my life. But when I was younger, I, I didn't know if I could handle seeing it the same way I required somebody to see it of me. Yeah. So there, there's a there. I understand the real reasons why somebody could say it'd be hard to date an actor. Those people that you listen to probably were just like jaded over probably instagram people <laughs> yeah yeah you know so yeah so a uh, bobby if you're listening out there uh that was to you because he's a writer and he's an uber driver but he has a phd and mm. he quit all that so yeah yeah he's a phenomenal writer actually and 
I, that's why I get it with those with drivers because there's great flexibility in that. That mm-hmm. is like yeah. the new waiter, right? Yeah, Where it is. As the reason that actors were always waiters is because you could get somebody to cover your shift if you needed to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you Very can't true. do that at an office job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it makes sense. And now as an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or whatever, you can just be like, oh no, I'm not on right now. <laughs> just turn it off. I'm, I'm not taking any rides and I'm doing this. And then when I'm done, I'll take a ride at 2 a.m. or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. So the flexibility is, it. it I get it. I absolutely get it. So we'd like to take a moment to give thanks to our sponsor, Uber. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, don't say that because if we, they better pay us. Oh, sh- <laughs> right, a free right. coupon. <laughs> oh, that was good insight. Was yeah. Because I felt the same way when I was a dancer. I was like, mm. I'm not going to date a dancer. For mm. the same reason too. I'm like, why, why are you dancing with them so close? Right, when you can't get all close. <laughs> can you get off? Yeah. How come you don't do that with me? You know? <laughs> no, I uh, get it. I get it. And there was one time where... I was in a in an acting class and I had to do this scene where I had to make out with this girl in the scene mm-hmm. in class, right? And I was dating someone at the time and they were not comfortable with that. Oh. And I tried to explain to them just like just how different it is, you know, to make out as like acting make out. It's totally you're not kissing the same way, you know? Sure, there are some scenes where people really go for it and you know you, you, they gotta really kiss but most stage kissing it's not sexy it's not <laughs> it doesn't feel good it do- <laughs> and so the thing that i did to help her get past it was i kissed her like a stage kiss the girl that i was dating yeah to show her uh, what it was okay. and when i did it she was like uh, yeah, you could do that with. <laughs> you, Ain't nothing you, happening after that. Yeah, you can go ahead and do that with whoever. It doesn't matter anymore. That's that's gross. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't feel the same. It's, so, it's just people just don't understand the, the separation. They think mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, especially when you think about all the stories of like every guy that's trying to sleep with every girl they do a movie with mm-hmm. and yada yada. I mean, that, that happens a lot, but it's that's not all of the industry, you know? So. All right. Yeah. See, Tim, I know you had a question. Was there something that you wanted to There, talk? There was. I, I, I remember at the very last second. Okay. So um, I've been hearing very often, actually more frequently, uh, whenever I would cast for something, whether it's a commercial, a short film, or a music video, whatever, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are saying now, oh, I don't work with amateurs. Or, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I only do professional things uh-huh and hey to his their own or to her her own but i think a lot of it stems from uh, there's a i'm sure you guys have heard of a phrase called you're only as good as the last project you were on uh-huh and i think people take that too literally where they're like oh i don't want to be seen on a on a short you know school project mm-hmm. because if that's the last thing i've done then, you know, I'll only be as good as that. But what's your guys' take on, it doesn't have to be actors or it could be anybody, it could be DPs, it could be editors, directors, doesn't matter. But when you ask someone to come to a project with you and they go, oh, appreciate it, but I'm past that now. Mm. Or even their co-workers, whether it's a co-star or a, you know, co-whatever, they go, oh, I don't, I don't work with amateurs. I don't work with non-professionals. <laughs> Okay, can you do me a favor? Yeah. 
the next time someone says something like that to you, um, can you slap the shit out of them <laughs> for me? <laughs> yeah, no. Like a that, stage slap or a real slap? No, no, no. No, real slap. <laughs> no, no prop swinging. <laughs> no, just real slap. No, that's it's so ridiculous. Now, I can understand if somebody is saying, look, I don't want to do student films anymore or I don't want to do short films anymore or whatever, right? If there's just something that you don't want to do anymore, that's fine. But if your excuse is I don't work with amateurs or I don't work with people that have a smaller resume than me or whatever, first of all, I know the people that you're talking to it about aren't big stars. Oh, God, no. And so they even more so have zero right to <laughs> distinguish themselves from someone else who's up and coming because they're up and coming. We're all always up and coming until, <laughs> until you make it <laughs> until you're Robert Downey Jr. You're up and coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And even Robert Downey Jr. When he gets cast in a movie, I guarantee you there are going to be some people in some of these movies that have never done a movie before. He's not going to sit there and say, Oh, you can't cast any of them because they haven't done as many roles as me. It, that's that's ridiculous. Oh, of course. Everybody is always working to that next thing. And so to say that you don't want to work with somebody who's doing the same thing you are, is just <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. And, and the reason why I ask is like there's always, uh, you know, we always love to play devil's advocate. Um, one scenario that I was trying to rack my brain about that may give some validity to that kind of either statement or that idea of thinking was mm -hmm. – um, Let's say you are like, let's say you've been only doing action films and you, and your drive is to be an action star uh -huh. and, and up and coming, and that's air quotes, an up and coming project wants to cast you in a chick flick. Uh huh. And that will completely derail, not derail, but there are an, a, a selection, a selection of audience members that will see you as quote unquote selling out. Oh, geez. Because that has happened to stars where they were seen as sellouts. Yeah. I think that's a shame. But fact of the matter is that they've still been seen as that with a mass majority of people. Now, does that matter to you guys as far as, you know, people who are up and coming? See, see that term, I'm still kind of. Oh, it's such a. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking like. Because going <laughs> off of not, of course, acting, but as crew. I got asked for, remember the project that you uh, asked me to come in on? It was, uh, I think, towards the summer. I forgot when it was, actually. But I came in as a videographer, I think, or second camera op. Uh -huh. And I got bumped up to DP mm -hmm. because at the round table, the DP didn't know what he was doing. Uh -huh. So I basically just sat there with my hands crossed. And it was lovely because I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> I got a piece of paper and just out of my head, I'm like, here, well, we're going to do this. All right. And me and the director going back and forth, back and forth. You want this? All right, here. This is your scene. There you go. Storyboard it all out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and that they were not, I wouldn't say up and coming, but I think it was their first project. Mm. So, I mean, sure enough, I didn't get, you know, any credit for that because it stopped. <laughs> but, right. I mean... I was still like, because you love the craft, you're right. gonna go in and help, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But, but going to the sell out thing, right? Uh, yeah. And, and that, the, that example of like, you're an action star, then you get cast in a chick flick or whatever. I hate the term chick flick, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or rom-com or however you said it. Um, see, one, I don't think it's anyone's place but your own to determine if what you're doing is selling out. 
Mm. Somebody else can't tell you you're a sellout, right? Because yeah, totally. if if it's part of what you're down to do, <laughs> yeah, then who did you sell out <laughs> to or from? Well, you know? a lot of the, I think, stigma comes from people saying, oh, he only took the part for the money. That's, I think, one of the oh. rising oh, things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I have a thought about that. Oh, what's, what's that? So the hell what? <laughs> no, but you can't do it for the money. You can't. What is wrong with doing oh, something? You, because literally you're an in artist, every you're other, every other craft, people do things for money all the time. And we can talk about the certain videographers that we were just trolling. Oh, absolutely. Look at the camera. All right, cool. Why do people have this know. stigma of like, oh, well, you only did that for the paycheck. So what? Maybe I just wanted to do that for the paycheck. Like, <laughs> Maybe I want the money. <laughs> yeah. Like for me personally, they're... There are certain filmmakers that I don't necessarily want to work with just because of the kind of projects they make and, you know, the motivations behind the projects or the or the level of the content. Just certain filmmakers that I don't necessarily want to work with. Uh, So to me, if I was to work with those people just for the check, I would consider myself probably selling out a little bit. Right. But at the same time, there's somebody else that may, may be watching it and that doesn't know how I feel about that. And they would look at it and be like, oh, well, he just booked a role. He's in like, good for movie. him, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, so it all depends on the point of view of the person that's saying it. Right. It's like if, I don't know, Jason Statham, right, does... Like the next white chicks. <laughs> right. If he does like a children's movie. <laughs> I'd love to see that actually. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are going to be some people that'll feel like he's selling out for that. And there are gonna be people that don't like there. People weren't saying that when Jackie Chan was doing kids films, you know, or when the rock did tooth fairy, like you weren't saying it then, but maybe some people were, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, in that regard, it's like, who the hell cares what people think? If it's what you want to do, you, the thing that bugs me about that kind of judgment is, sure, there may be a guy that, using that same example, that their true skill set is action, right? And that's the thing that's able to get them on, and, and they are passionate about it. But maybe they've always had a dream of being in a rom-com, you know? And when they finally do it, for you to say they're selling out is ridiculous because you have no idea that that's been their dream all along to be able to do that. And they're finally in a position where they can, because they've used their natural skill set to open that door. Yeah. You know? So it's like, but I think there's a, it's a thought process. I think other people are more easy, easily inclined to just be like, Oh, let me put a price on what they do and what they want to do as if like, I would know, okay, they're obviously doing only actions. Why would they ever want to do drama? So the fact of selling out I think has some kind of hindrance on not only people getting roles, but people accepting roles as well. I think it's stupid because it's not selling out. It's just like we were talking about with comedic actors, right? If all you've been doing is comedy and then all of a sudden you switch over to drama, nobody's like, Oh my God, you sold your soul (laughs) to do a dramatic performance. Like, Like, no, it's just something else you want to do. (laughs) You know, I, I think it's stupid. Okay. My opinion whatever uh, Henry would you ever would you find yourself in that position being a DP do a position a double pen sorry no do not whoa <laughs> well, we're gonna change okay. this to DOP then okay DOP. as being a DOP 
because some people are just for those that rude. I, I, I know we say this all the time. Uh, for anyone listening that doesn't know what a DP is in this regard, <laughs> it's the director of photography, the the guy behind the camera, the one that makes everything look nice. It's, the cinematographer is another term for it. That's that's what Henry is. Like, for those that were like, huh? <laughs> yeah, DP. Throw that name around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So as a these guys are porn stars. <laughs> so as a director of photography, yes. Are there things that you would ever feel like you'd be selling out for? Uh, no. Okay. That yeah. That, plain and simple. No. Because you know <laughs> I take my craft seriously, and there's things that yeah. would turn down even if the money's good. So I well, mean, turn down like as as what? Turn uh, down for what? Don't 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 Cue music. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Uh, for example, um, there was this music video that I was supposed to shoot two months ago, and it was up in the valley somewhere. I forgot what it was, but this guy had like 120,000 followers. Mm-hmm. They saw my work, and they're like, "Oh, we want to chat about you know where you want to go with this." And there's a lot of curse words, which I'm not. I'm I'm okay with, mm-hmm. but I heard it and. I was like, all right, what plans do you have for the video? I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to rent this mansion out. Mm. Uh, we're going to have, and the term, you know, they're just like, oh, we're going to have bitches here. Mm. We're going to have a throne. We're going to be smoking weed. I'm oh, like, you geez. know what? I don't want to. Yeah. Is it like that video I sent you over Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> With this guy on a fully rigged. I mean. <laughs> the was a full rig gimbal. And he was, oh, no, it was, no. He, I think it was no, handheld. It was handheld. It was handheld yeah. And this guy's on a, like coffee table and everyone in the background just smoking weed just going back and forth it was like no fog it was after smoke and this guy just like he looks like he doesn't even belong there mm. like i wouldn't do that not because i wouldn't belong there but because you just I, take the craft more seriously yeah, yeah i, I choose that. what i want to you know yeah there, and i turn a lot yeah and i turn a lot down so there's nothing wrong with being picky and choosy mm-hmm. like they're active people think that Every time an actor is offered a role, they take it. They, yeah. There are plenty of actors that turn down roles. It's yeah. Happens all the time. You know, there's, and there's, there's nothing. And, and, and outside of that, there are writers and directors and cinematographers and whatever that can turn down roles. There's nothing wrong with that. And your own artistic integrity is yours to maintain. You know, mm-hmm. if you feel like something is beneath that, that's on you. And it's funny because it kind of goes to what you were saying earlier about the people that are like, I hold myself at a higher standard than to work with those people. It's similar, but it's different because those people are putting the judgment on other people. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not about their own artistic merit. They're saying you're not good enough to work with me. And that's it's a big old statement. <laughs> <laughs> big old dream. <laughs> okay. Well then I have a question yeah. for you, Tim. Oy, oy. All right. So oy, oy. I guess the same question that you asked me, <laughs> But let's say in the regard that me, I'm lucky. Well, I don't want to say lucky, but I an engineer. Mm-hmm. So all of my you know money comes from that job and then doing side gigs and then my second job with being a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to, you know, have all this and be able to turn it down. Mm-hmm. Now, since we're talking about money here, mm-hmm. let's say you because you do cinematography as well. Do you find yourself in that position where you can look at something and say, oh, I'm going to turn it down, even if the money's good? Um. Well, of course, it's always going to be a give and take. I mean, I I remember turning down a role, not a role, but um, someone approached me with a script and I thought it was a solid script and they decided to add a scene in there that I, I strongly believed had no business being there and you felt like adding a rape scene uh. was something that would, quote unquote, bring that wow factor to the film. Mm. I looked at it and I'm like, that like 
are you okay? Like, because <laughs> in, in like, I get it. Like there's a time and place for everything. And I mean, even that brings some sort of artistic in, intrinsic intrinsity to a film, mm-hmm. but yeah. Cause last house on the left, that, that rape scene is like, whew, but it need it's needed. You know, so, and, I get it. Yeah. There, there's a time and place for everything, but in that regard, it definitely was not needed or wanted or should have been anywhere near it, but still was offered money. But I, I that I was gladly turn it down. Mm-hmm. Something along the lines of that, where it's like, you know, you are putting your name on it. You are representing whatever that film is about, whether you're a crew or in front of the camera, you're still representing that film. Yeah. And being a part of that, I, I don't think would represent me or, or anything really good. And it's solely just because of that scene. The rest of the film was fine, but it was just that it was just adding that for the purpose of why he wanted it. Yeah. was absolutely, it was, it was, it was just all around a bad idea. And that's something I would turn down. You know what I think people tend to forget with people in the industry is that we're all freelancers. Yeah. It's all work for hire actors, directors, Producers, whatever. We're all freelancers. And if you were to think about a freelancer in any other field, nobody would judge them if they're like, oh, I want to take this job and I don't want to take that one. Yeah. Right? If somebody's a freelancer in marketing and they want to work with this company versus this one or whatever, or they turn this big check down to do this smaller job, nobody's like, oh my God, you're crazy or you're a sellout or whatever, right? Yeah. Acting is the same way. I am a freelance firm that (laughs) the client the the product is me yeah (laughs) you know and i get to pick and choose and all i'm doing is going out on a ton of interviews and you know hoping to get a job and most of the jobs i'll take and some of them i won't and it's just like that's just the way it is you know it's people put way too much thought in they and they forget that it's end of the day it's a job it is still work it may look extravagant and look fun. And when you look at the highest of the highs of it, it seems like, oh my God, the, it's just such an amazing thing, but it's a job. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that kind of success in any industry will get you all that, that glamour that people want so bad and will be an actor for, again, not saying it's a bad thing that they want that to be an actor, but it's just something that's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And people think it does for some people and it surely doesn't. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, you can get that level of success or whatever you that thing you're looking for in any field if you work hard enough in it. There are huge actors that are multi, multi, multi-millionaires and their neighbors are dentists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. You know, you can get that in any path. That it's just, you got to just remember it's a job. And one comes with the eyes of the world on you. Yeah. That's yeah. all it really is. We were talking about picking and choosing. Um, I thought of... Uh, all the times that we've done uh, films. Mm. And it's funny because when Jeff asked me, he's like, hey, I got a buddy or I got this person that needs a cinematographer. I'm like, are you in it? Like, no, <laughs> but I'm going to be on set. All right, I'm down. You know, because, and or if you you hit me up, Tim, it's like, all right, hey, I got this. All right, I'm already down. Yeah. It's funny because it could be the same exact project if someone hits me up like, hey, uh, do you want to film this? Like, no. <laughs> but they hit up Tim's like, hey, I'm filming this. All right, I'll be there. Yeah. You know, because I know my gears will be turning. With you guys, I know I'm being challenged. Yeah. And that's why I like turn down a lot of Sometimes stuff. And that's why I don't do like dance videos with. anymore either. It's like, all right, I want to be challenged. Yeah. When we did that one, uh, I think it was like two years ago, we did this one, um, a short. And Jeff was, I don't know if you're a co-director or... 
You were there though. But I, yeah. I was there. Yeah. No. I, at first, I was just supposed to be like a co-star. Yeah, just a co-star. And that was then, it. And th- those those people had never uh, directed and produced their own project before, and it was mm-hmm. first time writing and all that stuff. And so they were very open with like you know just ideas. Yeah, they yeah. were they were totally like Jeff, you're on set and you've done this before. Like any advice you have would be wonderful. And so it ended up with and, and I brought uh, I, I connected them with Henry to do the cinematography. And it, they basically ended up looking at me as like an assistant director the whole time, just because oh, okay. of yeah, because of the experience see. I had and the connection that yeah. me and Henry have, where they would be trying to say to him like, well, "What I really <laughs> want is this and that," and they didn't know how to say it. And I would just look at him and like me and him would like tweak our eyes certain ways, and then we knew what we were saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's just the thing. Well, like, kind of like when uh, me and you get together, it's like right, we want this shot. I'm like, how are we gonna get this happening? All right, well, what if we do this? Like, all right, cool, make it happen. Oh yeah, with three of us are on set, it's like. No one says a word and go, okay, we know what we're doing. Yep. And we just kind of do we it. We always know. What's funny is we've been on set, well, not set, but we were uh, blocking a shoot. And we, were, we weren't we were arguing, but I wasn't agreeing with his shots. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was just asking questions and asking questions. And I think someone had told him, like, it didn't seem like you guys flow well. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well... Nah, it was great. That. It's just it's how we that. flow. Yep, it's not that. I get it. Yeah, you man. see the end result, you'll see why. Yeah. Yeah, because I've worked with somebody who was just kind of like doting around, just like, okay, okay. I'm like, and so I would kind of test, like, does he really, is he really a DOP or is he just kind of being a camera for hire? Or like, a, is he just being like, mm. a, a, yeah, so it's just, just a camera. camera. Yeah, just camera. Because yeah. um, I think people a lot of times don't realize that there are, not everyone that's operating the camera is a true cinematographer is not a true director of photography some are just camera ops and that's fine but it's in the job title photography so knowing framing knowing lighting and positioning and and everything comes Mm -hmm. along with it so to be able to direct a crew to bring about a basically a finished photo product that's going to last an entire hour and a half like that is a true skill yeah and not just oh. any camera guy can just be like, okay, let me just put this three feet up above the ground and just put it straight on until north. And- you saw it, Jeff. I uh, uh, I, oh, no. I compared it with the one we did of uh, the Marco Polo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, something we did in what, like, he wrote it up. We did it the next day versus, all right, this is planned. But right. depending on who you have on set can really... Because I'm still proud of that one. This one still doesn't want to throw it out there. but Dude, I want to revamp it, man. Oh, it's been, right, what, well, two or three years? Wait. No, dude, it's, it's been like five. No, four four years. Okay, I'm liking the fact that we shoot a lot of stuff and don't post it, but not even post it, but like just, you know, to get it out there. I, after we said that in the, whatever, I think it was the first episode we said that, or second, it was in the first few episodes. Uh, I've had people legit hit me up like, hey, the stuff that y'all say that y'all filming and not releasing, I want to see it now. <laughs> what is what is all this secret projects you guys have? <laughs> Even if we don't like it, we should still revamp whatever projects we have going on and make it post worthy. Mm. Yeah. Quote. Well, we'll we'll start getting there with the the plan we have for next year. Oh yeah. man, then I'm y'all gonna leave ready. it at that. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> oh, okay. So going in a different direction now. Uh, before we go into the breakdown. I was thinking about the breakdown we have this week, mm-hmm. and then it made me think of something else that I kind of am curious your guys' thoughts on. What do you think are sequels that are better than the originals? Better than the originals? Yeah. Oh, God. And let's, to narrow it a little bit, let's just go with 
direct sequels like part two yeah not like uh, the fifth one is better than the first one like because then we can talk that, about yeah i was gonna say that really narrows it down yeah because i i don't want to talk about like fast five which is <laughs> that was my only series, thing you know like <laughs> like not that far but just the second movie is better than the first one okay well uh grease two no i'm kidding <laughs> I, no man I'm kidding. <laughs> you're the one that wow I think, you know, I feel like it's happening more and more these days in current films than it used to. Mm. Well, do you think it's because they're planning on on ramping up because of, you know, I think sequels are now, be- like just in general, everyone wants more sequels. But even whether you plan for it to be better or not, that doesn't mean it will be. You know, a lot I of mean, times yeah. they still fall flat. And I just feel like, I mean, now you think about things like Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, leaps and bounds better than the first Avenger movie, right? Well, that's why, like, uh, like and, are you talking about Marvel? To people listening, not the first Avengers <laughs> movie. The first Captain America movie was called Captain America: The First Avenger. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but you know, like, that's obviously going to be better, or or like like The Dark Knight, or you know, like it's just it's happening so much now. The Conjuring Two, yeah, mm-hmm. right, way better than the first one. Okay, so in that regard, are we talking about like, all right, this movie was good, but this was way better? Or can it be like, oh, this was great. This one was slightly better. Yeah, I mean, if if you can make an argument for it, yeah. Because then I would say John Wick too. Oh, yes. yes. The yes. Talk, overall, just acting-wise, I can't speak too much on acting, but acting-wise, performance, cinematography, fight sequences, uh-huh. location, yeah. just the set design – much better than the first and even like little details i think mm-hmm. were so much better in the second one yeah. just even the way that wick would check the gun to make sure that it wasn't empty like th- there was, was things like that that he was not doing in the first film Mm-mm. that you could tell there was more work put into it and more training yeah yeah no i'm definitely i'm with you on john wick too i, I always have the tentpole ones in this conversation terminator 2 yeah batman returns Movies like that are just always in my head going to be the ones that I'm like, you know, that's better than the original. Or like Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers is obviously better than Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> you know, I thought Rocky 2 was better than the first one. Oh. I thought the first one was kind of slow. Okay. Oh, like I, pickup. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Rocky 2, the pacing was better. Mm. I mean, I, I, the only thing I liked about Rocky 1 was that he lost in the first one. I'm right. Like, okay, that's, that's new. That's interesting. But oh, I guess it wasn't new. It was the 70s. You know that the original Rocky was one of the first movies to use Steadicam? Was it? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. No. Okay, no. Oh, you're right. One of them. because One of the first. Yeah, I was going to say the first one was The Shining. Right. Yeah, yeah The Shining yeah. was the first one. I think Rocky That's may have been like, like the second one. Like It was like yes. really early on. Okay. Yeah. I Just random thing popped in my head. Yeah. No, of course. But yeah, like I thought the second one was not insanely better, but it was better. Yeah. You okay. can say the same for the Creed series. Creed 2 is better than the first one. I need to see Creed 2. Um, yeah, but and again, like you said, not like leaps and bounds better, right? But it just edges it just enough, you know. Definitely, which is why I feel like it does happen more and more these days. But there are still some of the older ones, you know. Episode five, mm, yeah. Oh, the four, five, and six is right. Star- okay, yeah. Empire Strikes Back is obviously better than you know. I could even argue that the second Indiana Jones was better. I think the first one was classic. Mm. But I think the second one was a better movie. Okay. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, what about Hellboy? No, I like the first one better. Yeah? I, 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 again, not by a lot, but the, uh, what was it, the Golden Army, that was the second one? Yeah. I thought it was really good, but I still like the first one better. Okay. 
Okay. I Ooh. I could never really understand like uh, pick which one I liked better. Oh yeah, of those two, GI Joe, the second one. Yes, I, that, yeah, that got way better. That just happens when you add the rock into a franchise. I was gonna say that. <laughs> oh, I got a random one for you. Adam's Family Values. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's like saying Spy Kids 2 is better than Spy Kids 1. <laughs> no, it's not. Adam's Family Values is awesome. Leave Adam's me alone. Adam's Family Values. Leave me alone. It's dope. Uh, Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> or, okay, um, another more recent one, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The, the, mm, the second one. I, I didn't see okay. the second one. I didn't see the second one? Mm-mm. Hold on. Wait. I actually that's and I saw it and you didn't? Yeah, no. Wait. Oh, so you saw you saw Rise, you saw the first one? Yes. And you didn't see Dawn. So you haven't seen War either? I saw War. I just didn't see the You didn't see the middle I know, one? I know. I know. <laughs> no. Henry, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. The the second one is like it's like that jump from Batman Begins to Dark Knight. Oh, it's really? like that uh, drastic of mm. like I in my opinion, Dawn is the best in the trilogy. Really? Yes, yeah, and War was great, mm. but Dawn is wow. It's you have to watch. There. Okay, that. it's somewhere on there. Oh, that makes me think the raid. Easy. Oh, okay. Raid two is well, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, now I have a question with this one. Then, uh huh. Why? Why? Why do you think? Yes, and I want. I'm gonna pick like little nitpicks. I agree with you. Yeah, but I just want to play like. I mean, I I think literally every element of the film is better. <laughs> Story is better. The action is better. The the way they went in and out of like filming those action sequences were better. The cinematography was just like, it's another one that I always compare is like the jump from Batman begins to dark Knight. It's mm-hmm. that drastic of a step up from the first film. Yeah. Cause you're also looking at all aspects, which is great. Right. What I, I mean, I still agree with you, but I want to say that I'm more impressed with the first one because it was in that building. And okay. they were able to keep my attention throughout that whole time. I'll give you that. So that, you that I mean, but like I said, I still agree. The second one is phenomenally better. Yeah, yeah. The second Maze Runner was better. Ooh, For yes, it was. Sure. Yes, it yeah, was. I just thought of that. I love that franchise. Yeah, I don't think people give that franchise enough credit. Mm-mm. There was some stuff happening in that that I just did not see coming. I did not when oh. he got to the second one. I didn't know the whole zombie element was coming. That's why I'm like, where did they come in? Oh man, but it was good. Oh, very good. <laughs> really entertaining. I got a random one for you. Oh, shit. Uh, I thought Spike Kids was random, but go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> Rick or Ralph would have been random. No. St- <laughs> you know what I, which you know was, I hated, though? Better. Was that The Incredibles 2 was not better. Uh, they yeah. had fucking 11 years to make that thing. A- they had more years than that. Oh, no. Didn't, wasn't the second one like 16, 17 years later? Something like that. 14? 14. Okay. Okay. Four. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, 14 years. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I keep thinking it came out in 2000. Oh, no, yeah. But yeah, no, that, yeah, 2004. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, no, no, no. The random one I have for you is The Silence of the Lambs. Wait. Oh. That's technically a sequel. Yeah, it is. I, I'm blanking the name of the, of the first movie, but it's technically a sequel. And somebody else played Hannibal Lecter in the first one. You're right. You're kidding. That's a sequel? It's a sequel. Okay, well, well okay, okay, okay. Well, then would you say, would you say that... Um, fucking, what's that movie called? We did a breakdown of it. Um, Split. Manhunter. Ah, Manhunter is the name of the first one. Uh, Would you say Split split is a sequel to Unbreakable? Personally, I say no. Okay. 
And the reason I say no is because it's like extended universe. It's not. It's not a true sequel. Kind of like how Glass is going to come up with. Right. I would say that Glass is more directly a sequel to Split than Split was to Unbreakable. How so? Well, because Glass, from what we've seen so far, is going to be the first one that actually plays off of the film before it, right? Split had nothing to do with the Unbreakable okay, film so yeah, other know. than they're, they're alluding other to than it. the Bruce Willis cameo at the very end. Mm-hmm. It had zero to do with Unbreakable. Uh, but okay. Glass, I mean, the, the McAvoy character from Split, that, that is yeah, he's in a it. huge character in Glass. So uh, that's why I would say that would be closer. But I wouldn't truly put any of them really as sequels oh, okay. mm-hmm. just because of the way they lay out. Yeah. It's, it's a little tricky. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I just really was curious of your guys' thoughts, mm-hmm. stuff like that, because that obviously will lead us into uh, lead us into the the breakdown. So you want to just jump into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So this week's performance breakdown, mm-hmm. the one that I mean, we all knew that eventually this was going to happen. I I mean, I'm really honestly surprised we made it <laughs> eight weeks without doing this one already. Well, it makes sense to do it. This year before the year ends, right? Go and learn today. What? Well, why don't, why? You, why don't you name it first and then I can go into that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, this week's performance breakdown is Heath Ledger's Joker. That's I'm so glad you caught on. That's not right at all. I'm so glad you caught on. I looked out you both like, I was going to do something random. you beat me to it. Well, when did... uh? When did that come out? When did The Dark Knight come out? Yeah. Oh, 2008? Uh, <laughs> what are you, a blow valve? Yeah, 2008. Yeah, so that's why I went before the year ends. 10 oh, years. Oh, it's been 10 years. Yeah. Holy and I know it's because the director mm-hmm. had an interview about the whole like 10 years. I guess they could release the 4K version of it. Mm. So, oh, yeah, I, I was, might need to buy that. Yeah, right? Oh, I don't care. I don't got 4K TV. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) I got a phone, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wonder if we play 4K. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Resolution. You would have to put up your eyeball to appreciate (laughs) 4K-ness. 4K-ness. Okay. No. Heath Ledger. Dark Knight. So, you guys, go ahead and tell me about how much you hated Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, God. Go ahead. Like, oh, hated Can he be okay, more well, pretentious? <laughs> I mean, he was just a monster. He didn't even go off what the director wanted. You yeah. know, I'm pretty sure he had to do several takes mm, yeah. to get what he wanted. Mm. So like, selfish. Did they find this guy up the street? Like, At Home Depot? Yeah. yeah. One of those guys waiting on the side, like, we'll work for food. <laughs> and they go, okay, we'll just feed him. And he had the audacity to just mess up his face with all that makeup. Oh, I mean, God. come on now. Right? Like, I don't understand. did you have to paint it? Did you have to get a fourth grader to finger paint your face? <laughs> Man. Jesus, I'm surprised there wasn't like a sun on his cheek, like a frog somewhere. Or when he's in prison, he's just clapping. He's like me when everyone finishes clapping, I'm just continuing to clap. <laughs> he just wants the attention all to himself. I know. Like, did you really have to make it a better movie? Oh, my God. Jeez. But anyway. Are you guys done? <laughs> There's more, but I'll hold it. I'll hold it. <laughs> No, oh. awesome performance. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, you guys are kidding? Notch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, like he... <laughs> I wonder who's gonna take that serious. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, no, that uh I mean that that performance was eventually it's gonna I mean it's gonna be noted as 
probably one of the greatest villains performances we've ever seen, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, people, you can say for a comic book film, but I think it kind of transcends that. You can't just, you know, narrow it to a comic book film. I think just as a film, as a villain, as a character, he definitely took that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. based off the interviews, uh, they were saying that, or at least Nolan was saying that they had to do it in like little sections to get like the right performance. Like Heath wasn't happy with it. He was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I can do better. Let me just get this one. Mm -hmm. He gave it to him and then look at the product. Yeah. Quick side note. That's actually interesting. At what point can an actor say that wasn't good? I need to do it again. Well, at, at any and every point. But the way I, the reason why I'm asking, because I'm not looking at it as an actor point of view, but I'm looking at it as, okay, you have your days that you're given. You have certain time limits that you're, that mm -hmm. you have, you have yeah. all these constraints. And as a, you know, as the producers and as the directors, when they got to go, well, shit, we got six hours to get their day left. We don't have any more time to do takes. When can an actor kind of be like, well, I, I think it's better to do that and kind of override it. Well, here's the thing. If you don't have the time to do it and you as a director feel like you have a take you can work with, if, if you can't do it again, you can't do it again. Mm. It's, it is what it is. There are, like you said, there are time constraints to locations and sunlight and whatever, right? But if you have the ability to do it and the actor feels like they want to do another one, let them do another one. Yeah. Like that I understand, but of course... <laughs> never directing a big budget movie. Yeah. Everything's no. always on a constraint. Well, I feel yeah. like it was more based on trust too. It's like, you know what? If he thinks he can get me a better one, let's go for it. Yeah. That you does know? seem like a big one too. But that same token, if you feel like you got as a director what you wanted and the actor says, I want to do it differently. Right. If you as a director got what you wanted, the actor wants to do it again because they just want to do it again for something, let them do it. Why? Because you have no idea what they're going to give you. Right? You have no idea what that other thing is. You have no idea if you can use it. So at that point, it is kind of a trust thing because you, as a director, you'd be like, there's no way he can give me anything different. Like he's done this five times. It's been the same every time. He thinks it's different and it's not. I don't think he can do it any different. Okay, but now we're like treading into more nuance, right? Yeah, that's if, why, like as a trust if, thing. Yeah, if you're talking about an actor that just is unable to deliver any variation of their product right and they keep giving you the same thing 40 times and they're saying don't worry the 41st will be different if you got to move like just move on say yeah. you say you got it move on but at the end of the day you're also it's a trust building thing you know not only because you you want to say that you trust the actor to deliver something but you're also saying i want the actor to trust me and and feel comfortable on set with me right mm -hmm. so if the actor feels like, man, I just would really like to do this again. If you as a director feel like you don't need it, but you think the actor feels like they need it, give the actor what they need. Okay. You know, I that way moving forward, they, they feel like you respect what they have to do just as much as they respect what you have to do. Yeah, yeah that's I, why it, it, that makes sense. Because in that regard, uh, even for Nolan, he was talking about how he wrote, well, he directed and see, he saw a specific vision and he didn't give him that. He gave him a completely, like he gave him a completely different a character. Yeah. And he loved it. He was like scared by it. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily what the director wanted. Right. Like, let's say, all right, we got it on that one. But then he's like, you know, no, 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 no. G give me one more take. I, I think I can, you know, go into something deeper. Mm -hmm. And then to give something like that. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure after he's done that, he's probably like, all right, shit, whatever you want, man, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And you think about it, he actually, you know, those scenes <laughs> Uh, in the film where 
it's like uh, a video in it where the Joker is uh, torturing like a reporter or whatever. And it's like the ones that are playing on the news where it's the Joker actually filming himself doing these things to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heath actually directed those those B-roll scenes. No oh, kidding. Yeah. That. He, Nolan let Heath actually do his thing as Joker. So it really he, was wow. Joker <laughs> filming those scenes, like filming those clips. Yeah. I love that. Really cool. Because yeah. I, I would have never known that. Yeah. I thought that was, that was great. And it's oh, just, it's just the trust that this actor is not only so involved in the character that they get it, but that they understand the vision, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you definitely want to keep that trust. You want the actor to trust you as much as you want to trust them, you know? But, yeah, he's, I mean, he clearly did enough in this <laughs> performance to warrant some trust. Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. It's crazy to me when I think about all the reports that he was, like, locked away in a hotel room for six weeks all by himself getting into character and, like, things like that. It's just, like, he got into such a mind space for this, you know? Yeah. And it's just great because I think back of on, on when everyone, when they announced Heath's name, was like, what? Ten things I hate about you? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be the Joker? No. Boo. Cast somebody <laughs> else. You know? And then it came out and everybody was like, a completely different person. Oh. Like, is so this the that's same why? guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, that. that's why I always get so mad when people get so up in arms about a casting announcement i'm like you have no idea what these people saw to cast that person mm -hmm. stop basing your opinion on stuff you've seen them do before it can be different yeah yeah you know that reminds me of and i'm i'm pretty sure you saw this coming it was get out mm. everyone was like jordan peele not doing something funny no oh, like right. it ain't yeah. gonna work right and everyone saw that clearly was wrong but yeah yeah Heath ledger was one of those times as well like yeah he, like he knocked out of the park and i loved how they kept things very I think they kept things very isolated and real as much as they could. Yeah. Like, uh, as far as I know, Michael Caine and Maggie Gyllenhaal had not seen Heath in the full Joker makeup and everything until they were filming that party scene. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just as freaked out seeing that in real life as it looked like on screen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just stuff like that where I'm like, yeah, get it as authentic as you can. I, obviously, it's the it's, there's a complete farce thing that you're making here. It's like superheroes and villains and whatever. But like, yeah, just that raw thing. That's what I love about Nolan. He can just still get those kind of things out of you. Now I have a question, and I know this isn't really based off the performance, but mm -hmm. it's somewhat relevant. <clears throat> Excuse me. So do you think that film or Nolan's rendition of like Batman – set off the whole mood for the uh, DC universe? Oh, it absolutely did. Right? Yeah. Okay. They've been trying to apply that tone to all of their films ever since. And I think that's why the DCEU has been suffering mm -hmm. because Batman is the only character that actually works with that kind of tone. Superman is not that dark. Yeah. Wonder Woman is not that dark. Aquaman is <laughs> not that dark. You know, Gotham is dark. Yeah. Metropolis is not, yeah. you know? So, I think they're finally starting to realize it looks like the Aquaman one is going to go a little lighter. and Yeah, just from the trailers. Yeah. Just somewhat, yeah. It just, it looks like they're starting to finally get it. But I know they were not only trying to recreate the Batman tone, but they were trying to be the anti-Marvel in every way possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
stop trying to be the opposite of what they're doing and start taking some notes from the stuff they're doing right. Yeah. You know, there's the fact that in, we've said before, Marvel, all the heroes films are different genres. Yeah. Right. That, that can be very much the same in DC. You know, Batman's genre should not be the same as Superman's genre. Superman was literally the symbol of hope. Yeah. It's written on his chest, <laughs> literally. And at no point in the man of steel, do you feel hopeful <laughs> about anything he's doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just, <laughs> even the Superman sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, yeah. So yes, I, I, I do think that, um, did you guys know that Ledger also basically designed, or, or I don't know if design is the right word, but I'm going to say it, the, designed the, the way that the makeup was going to be. Yeah. That I didn't know because he felt that there's no way that Joker would have anybody else putting the makeup on him but himself. Like, he'd be putting it on himself. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Because they went with the makeup route, not like the Jack Nicholson, his skin got bleached and it's just a whiter skin, right? Yeah. It, was, it was true makeup that you could tell was that the Joker him. was applying onto himself. Yeah. Right? And so, it, you know, it would get all Smeary. sweaty and smeared yeah. and, yeah. You know, he would also apparently show up on set on days that he wasn't scheduled like, in the full Joker outfit. Like, <laughs> on purpose? <laughs> yeah, Ledger would just like show up like that. Wow. He was so method in this role. It's just, oh man. It's, it's just so phenomenal. See, I wonder what it'd be like to work with someone who goes that method. Mm. Like how, how you have to talk to them differently and how you have to, you know, you can, obviously if you want this to work, you can't break his, or not break his character, but it seems like you can't talk to him as Heath Ledger. You mm-hmm. have to talk to him as the Joker. If he's just going to show up in full costume, like you probably have to. Yeah, I, I'm willing to bet that he didn't. Uh, he didn't break character too often, yeah. like the uh, the scene with the hospital explosion. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going with this, right? I do. That that whole thing with it, where it doesn't explode when he first presses and the it was button, supposed to, and it was actually supposed to, yeah. and then he looks and he does like the weird look back and the slapping the thing, like yeah. that was Heath staying in character and yeah. not breaking the moment. It could be very easy for an actor in that moment when you know things are supposed to explode when you push a button, yeah, and you push it and nothing happens to like break and be like, uh oh, like, like what happened? Hey, we're we still doing this, like right? Yeah. But he kept going, and then they hit it, and then he just does his little like <laughs> panic shuffle off, and they kept going and. It, and it made that scene so much better, right? There was the chaos. You could have never planned that, yeah. you know, and, but that, that is what happens when you are truly in character and in the moment and you don't let little things take you out of it. So, I, I mean, I don't think that he was as deep in the method where you couldn't call him Heath. <laughs> he probably <laughs> wasn't that far in, but I'm willing to bet he spent a lot of time on set as the Joker. Yeah. And just mumbling to himself and, you know, I think Aaron Eckhart even said that like that scene where he's in the hospital with Joker, that that Heath spent several minutes before that whole take just like spinning in circles, kind of mumbling to himself. And then he just kind of walked over and then started doing the scene. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, Heath was, uh, it's just such a, I just think it's such an amazing performance considering the level of actors that are in that movie, mm. you know? And, I mean, he makes everyone else almost disappear on screen. Well, he steals, a, he steals the frame when he's on camera. Absolutely. Every single time. 
it was just like, yeah, yeah, he was he was great. <laughs> See, one of the scenes I liked, I mean, aside from a lot of the obvious ones that people like to post about, but the one where he's um, he's meeting like this huge, he has this meeting in a kitchen for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he does a whole thing where he's like, "You want to, you want to see a magic trick?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, uh. that jumped off that movie so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, there was something that uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, it's okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, he, I, I, I think his vocal coach said that he would even use like ventriloquist dummies as inspiration on how to like mouth himself when to, to how to like mouth the lines. Just, he was, he brought inspirations from so many areas into it. And I, I think that they, it's so much so that it goes unnoticed just how detailed he was in his performance. And you kind of have to do that to do such a departure from who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that I, I don't want to blame the role on what happened after but we know that it definitely was, you know, another layer to that dark place that he was in, you know, when it all ended. And I, I love the other things that you just could never have really scripted the way they are. Yeah. Like, like the fact that he was always licking his lips really weird. Yeah. Mm. And that, if I remember right, was more to do with the prosthetic that was on the side of his mouth. Oh. Uh, because of the way it was, he couldn't, uh, his mouth, I guess, I, I think his mouth got really dry all the time. And so that he would just do that to, because he had, I think he had to kind of moisten his mouth a bit to be able to get the voice right. Mm. And so that's what it ended up looking oh, like, was geez. him just adding that licking thing to the character. And it looks so like grotesque almost and just really creepy. Mm. And it's not something that was ever, you know, a script choice or a director choice or, you know, yeah, it I don't was think just, will say, yeah, just start licking your lips at yeah. these times. Like, no. Yeah. See, but that also makes me wonder, like, you know, as we mentioned before, no one would ever expect Heath Ledger to be mm-hmm. playing a villain, let alone the Joker. Right. But at what point do you think it was Christopher Nolan's idea to be like, no, he could do it. Or do you think he auditioned it? Or do you think he just kind of knew well, I know that uh, I know Heath was actually I think I read once he, or not Heath, but Nolan was inspired to cast Heath based on Brokeback Mountain. Mm. I know. I'm trying to think of what inspired that from Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I, basically, Nolan said that Ledger what he liked was it was basically like a a lack of vanity that he was really, he wasn't afraid to fully dive into his character. Okay. And that was one of the things that made him consider Heath for the role, just because he could tell that it it wasn't about, you know, the ego thing. He was willing to just go there. Mm. Okay. And as we saw, he, he went there. Yeah, he did. But okay. That makes sense. Cause I'm sure since Christopher Nolan had the idea of what he would want from a Joker Mm -hmm. from him, I could see that because then he, I guess, brought something new out at that point that right. you didn't see earlier that kind of just made it better. Right. I feel there was something else in particular I wanted to say about this performance, but I can't remember. It was just so good. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so funny. It's one of those things where we knew that eventually we had to do a breakdown of this performance. It was going to happen. But it's almost, 
like, what else can you say? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just one of those, I mean, it's, it's iconic, you know, and to do an iconic performance that to most people surpass the original iconic performance of that character. Mm -hmm. It's just that, that alone is a testament to just how strong he really was and what he brought to this character and how different the worlds were that they were creating. Yeah. I mean, everyone equated uh, Joker to Jack Nicholson. Everyone's just like, Oh, if he's not playing next time, then there's no other Joker. Right. Yeah. And I look (laughs) at it. Yeah, and now you're like, you know, yeah, you look back and you're like, well, if it's not Heath, then. yeah, well, with so when Leto came up, yeah, like, with so much passion and dedication. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with uh, so much passion and dedication, how do you guys think he would have played Batman if he if given the role? I don't think he would have been a good Bruce Wayne. All right, but what about Batman? I mean, it goes on the argument we had last time about like, all right, you're either you're good at one and not the other. And then we're still going to have that like comparison. But I mean, I think with and this is not a knock on it, but I think with the Nolan Batman, I think Batman was all was kind of less important. Bruce Wayne, I think, was more important in all three films than Batman ever was. Okay, I see that. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so Batman was more of like a side kind of thing. a Yeah, he became too. almost secondary. Yeah. You know, he was like a, a plot device almost, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, we didn't really when you think back to all three of those films, there aren't really many standout moments for Batman. Yeah, because right? I, I can't consider action scenes a standout performance or anything to help the story go along. But even in those Action scenes, the ones that stand out, yeah, they probably have more to do with the tumbler or the bike or right. you know it's some cool it, like yeah yeah some, it has less to do with Batman himself yeah except for maybe the, the 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 shot where he jumps off and we actually get the the wings and yeah. he's flying through you know like that's cool because it's Batman but other than that nothing really stands out about. Batman himself in all three films. Yeah. But Bruce Wayne, you have tons of moments you remember. Mm. You know, you have tons of moments you remember from the other characters with Lucius and Alfred and everybody else. Of course. So that's why I think that it probably wouldn't have been as good to have Leith or Heath play someone like Bruce because I I just, if I don't think he would have been a good Bruce, I don't think he would have aided those films because they were more about Bruce than they were about Batman. They were more about the man. True. And diving into the psychology. I mean, that, but that goes with a Christopher Nolan project. It's about the psychology more than anything. Yeah. So do you think that Christian Bale just would have done a better job or do you think that Heath just wouldn't have done a good job? Or not a good job, but not as a, or did more of a disservice to the Bruce Wayne character? I just don't think that Heath would have been the right Bruce for Nolan's film. Oh, for a Nolan film. Okay. I... That's not to say that Heath couldn't have been the, the right Bruce Wayne for someone else's Batman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, just like how Heath was the right Joker for Nolan's Batman, but that he would not have been the right Joker for the Suicide Squad movie. Oh, no. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so Completely it really character. depends on whose production it is and what their iteration of it is. I yeah. just think for Nolan's Bruce Wayne slash Batman, I don't think Heath was the right guy for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. And honestly, I don't know if I'm even fully on board that Christian Bale was the right guy. I think it ended up working. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I think, and we've probably talked about this before, but I don't know if I think Bale knocked Bruce or Batman out of the park. Mm. I think he was solid in both, but I don't think his Bruce was as strong as some other Bruce's we've seen before. I don't think his Batman was as strong as some other Batman's we've seen before. Right. He was a good balance. Yeah, it was a decent balance, but I don't think it was, you know, amazing, Mm. right? But it worked for that Nolan iteration of it. Yeah. You know, would Christian Bale have been a good Bruce Wayne Batman in the current Batman versus Superman movies? No, Mm-mm. wouldn't have worked at all, you know, so and he wouldn't even have worked in the like Val Kilmer, George Clooney era. No, yeah. you think he could do Batman forever? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Now we're talking about bail, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what else can you say about Pete though? And there's, I know, there's not too much else you can really say about. It. It's just, it's just that, it's that good. He's just so. Like, yeah. every, I feel like every time I watch the performance, I see something else I didn't see before. Mm. You know? Yeah. And to me, that is a great performance where you're just catching little nuanced things where you're like, oh, he did that. Yeah. Oh man, look at that thing he did with his hand right here or he did this with his voice and yeah that to me that's the stuff where for me i'm always like you know that is the testament of a just amazing performance Mm. all right all right we can we can move from this because we will talk and not talk about this forever (laughs) if allowed yeah uh so let's just jump into the close-up oh Okay. You know the theme song? <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, close up. Close up. Oh, I'm going to get closer to the mic so I can do my deep Idris Elba <laughs> voice. Good luck. Since we're doing Idris Elba for the close up. Oh, wait. I'm yeah. Idris Elba. <laughs> Was, that what? Was that close? What? That sounded Australian. It what is it? Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah. Oim the Idris Elba. Is that better? <laughs> is that? That was my English accent. That was your English accent? Yeah, it's Idris Elba. Okay. <laughs> it didn't sound like him? No, no, wait, no. Okay. Henry, give me what? Go ahead, Tim. Do it again. I, I just did it twice. Do, do, do it again. Three, three times. Hello. Oh, Idris Elba. <laughs> that, was, that was even better. Yeah. Better? Yeah, that was so better. You don't sound like you're from London. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. All right. This is getting out of hand. Is that better? <laughs> you need to stop now. <laughs> was this Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Idris, if you're listening, uh, I could be your voice double. You know, it's funny though, because <laughs> Idris is actually really good at accents. Oh, I know. He's like really good. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch Pacific Rim? Yeah. I, I was looking at clips of that again, and I completely forgot just how, like, Southern American he went with his accent. <laughs> yeah. And when you watch that and then look at a clip of, like, Luther, you're like, oh, geez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Luther. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, Vandross? I'm trying to think of a song. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All I can think of is, you don't know the risk. <laughs> Big old drip. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this. <laughs> it's the um, big old Idris. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Because last week, 
Mm. I was the only one that was really rocking with the close up. Mm. And I need to I need to know, are you guys <laughs> are you guys fans of Idris at all? Do you <laughs> I'm looking at the seriousness of Tim's face, so I know that he's about to say something really sarcastic to him. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a yes. They're they're on they're on our side, guys. Only because everyone that's listening, Thor, but because of Thor, I was gonna say he's kidding. <laughs> yes, we are fans. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. What uh, what some of your favorite uh, Idris Elba performances? Losers. Oh, that's, that's where one. you do love the losers. I do. <laughs> the cast is just amazing. It is a really great yeah. cast. Yeah, and it's funny because. He did Losers, uh, Losers and Takers came out the same year. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Takers too. <laughs> Which just on paper sounds hilarious. Losers, Takers, like, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, both of those were, both of those were actually pretty, pretty decent movies. But yeah, I'm trying to think of which ones stand out to me. I, let's just get this out of the way mm. so that everyone will stop screaming at us. We know he was in the wire. <laughs> oh, that guy. Is that what we're talking about? Oh. Stop it. <laughs> One of my absolute favorites, Beasts of No Nation. Yes. Oh, man. I, and his accent. I oh, man. am so surprised you've seen this. I watch all kinds of movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. Beasts yeah, of No Nation was really oh, it was good. riveting. I didn't care for the movie too much. Mm-hmm. Why? 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 I don't remember why. Oh. I just remember when I watched it, I was I cared way more about Idris's performance <laughs> than I did. That's why I like the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. He and just it, stole I, the movie. Yeah. Oh, he was he was phenomenal in it. I have to stop saying phenomenal. But yeah, he was phenomenal riveting. in it. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm still a little bummed that he didn't get a supporting actor nom at the Oscars for that. But he did win. SAG award for that. Oh, good. So nice. okay, so it bounced right, the win. All's fair. So it's like the peers were like, "No, you did it." Yeah, because his like his portrayal. He of that wasn't character, even nominated for an Oscar for that. Was nominated. He was not nominated for Beast of Donation. Why? I don't remember who else was nominated, but I'm sure like it was Bradley Cooper or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, Beast of Donation was one of my favorite films he's done. Obviously, Luther yes. was, as the series goes, my favorite. Okay. Like Luther, like the whole series was great. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I think, man, what's my favorite of his films? Yeah, Beast of Donation is up there. I mean, and then there's, I mean, I think he has great moments throughout so many films. Yeah. I mean, he was, I think he was really strong in the Mandela movie. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really loved him in Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I love about Idris Elba? You're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I love about him is that he is, he almost plays everything like a villain. Yes. You know what I mean? And I was going to bring up this Christmas for that. Oh, yeah. These Christmas. (laughs) That was Chris Brown. That was my, that was, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Really close. Candy Cane Lane. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is you mentioned that even in Zootopia, yeah, he it was he just sounds like such a villain. Yeah, and that's obviously gonna happen when you have a voice like that. (laughs) I mean, there's a reason he played Shere Khan in the Disney's Jungle Book. Uh, I'm not gonna do another comparison between that (laughs) Benedict. Though is there a comparison? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, I really love that about him that even his hero characters, even, you know, his protagonist characters, you almost feel like you're not supposed to like him. But what is about it, though? You know what I think it is? He is always he always seems like the strongest person on the screen. Oh, yeah, kind of is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know and not, not just like a physical thing, yeah. like not like you feel like he's going to beat up everybody. But he just presence wise. No, of course. He's like the strongest presence on screen at all times. It's, it's actually really funny you mentioned that because I always had this tearing question. Because like, uh, you guys have all seen Luther, right? Yes. I mean, I haven't. I didn't watch the entire series. No, yeah. but you've seen so, enough. Yeah. But yeah. you guys notice his posture mm. throughout basically the majority of each episode. Is he's always hunched down? Mm. I feel like if he stood straight up, he would just overbear everybody on screen um, yeah like everyone on that screen seems like they're just midges compared to him yeah everything is intentional i think it's oh yeah. I, I think it's partly intentional because of the on-screen presence but it's mm-hmm. also as his character goes um, yeah because he doesn't always do that no absolutely not that's why and, when, and when he does stand tall you you feel it you know yeah I, I i really loved that in the the last star trek uh star trek beyond mm-hmm. really loved the character he played in that because he went through uh, some good rage. I mean, he was a the true villain of that film. And I think it was the better of one of the more uh, original villains. I, I want to say that villain was created just for that film. I don't think that character existed. It wasn't like a rehash of oh. something from the old series or old films. Yeah, I think I it was a brand new character. Okay. And to be able to stand up against the characters that we know forever, the cons and whoever, right? <laughs> Which is funny. That's another comparison to him and Benedict. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, to be able to stand up against those characters, I think, was a, very much a testament to to what Idris can bring into into those roles. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he's just it's almost like he's always an anti-hero, even though he plays the hero. Yeah. Even when he's the hero. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys feel that way? Well, did you see Daddy's Little Girl? Daddy's Little Girls? I did not see Daddy's Little Girls. Because I feel like he went in. A, well, he looked like he wasn't. Well, let me take that back. I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry stuff, but I did see that movie, uh-huh. and it didn't seem that way with Idris. Well, it I seemed like he was. I, I doubt that for a movie like that, yeah. he would play it villainous, yes. <laughs> or at least look like it. Right? So, yeah, yeah, and that—that's the thing, though. It's I don't think I don't think that he's incapable of playing something different. I think it's not only his very much a choice, but that's just his presence. Yeah, and he when he brings his natural presence forward, it just feels like. Ugh. Yeah, you know, very it's intimidating. Like, yeah, it's it's just an intimidating presence, and you can have guys that are way bigger and more physically menacing than him that don't come across as uh, that don't have the same kind of presence come across. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because even the Rock on screen doesn't, as huge as he is, he doesn't feel like a bad guy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't emote that even when he tries to. Right, you know, and even when Idris is playing the good guy, he feels <laughs> kind of like the bad guy. Yeah, but strange. it's just, it's just something about his presence, something about the the tone of his voice, something about just how contained and controlled he is at all times. It just, it's just really strong. Yeah, really strong. So that's why I think that's more of an acting thing than a physicality thing. Oh, absolutely. You still have big dudes without that presence. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, again, one of the reasons why he's definitely one of my top favorites. Yeah, it's, it's an acting thing, and it's also just a natural presence thing. Mm. 
natural personality. He just has that, you know? And so it just works when you put him in those environments. I got a question though. So what are your guys' thoughts on the talk that they've had for years about whether or not he should be 007? Oh yeah, that's been a talk. Yeah. That would be interesting to see. I would want to see it. I highly want to see that. Yeah. I I don't know if I want to see it. I would want to see it only if he was kind of like a double agent. Mm. Oh, he's like a bad guy. Yeah. See, the reason I'm saying I don't know if I want to see it is because while I think if you're talking about British actors, and especially if you want to go, if, if they wanted to go the route of moving James Bond from being white to being black or whatever, I think he's obviously the top choice you should have. Yeah. I don't know if I want to watch him be the kind of good guy that James Bond has to be. Well, well I think I like you. him more when he's not. I like him more as the anti-hero kind of hero would you call james bond a good yeah, guy yeah i was gonna ask that because looking at all what three no two like the last three he did yeah quantum solid or even like, the pierce brosnan's one that's probably as close as you'll get to the good one yeah well or even the uh, what's his name um sean connery oh so it was three yes well i mean there's been there's a lot of james yeah, bond more right? yeah but i don't know i just feel like I feel like James Bond is one of those characters that I don't want to put it on the same playing field as like Superman, but I feel like there is a bit of hope, you know, involved with the James Bond character. There's a bit of I can do anything like it never gets too wrong. It never gets too out of hand. And I think that's kind of what I don't like as much about the uh, the Daniel Craig versions Mm -hmm. is that. I don't know if I personally like James Bond being that brooding. Yeah. I kind of like it to be a little more lighthearted, a little more like, oh, you're sitting on the table and there's like a laser slowly going (laughs) up your, you know, like I like that James Bond. Uh I don't know if I like the super dark realist James Bond version. And you'd have to get even darker, I think, if you bring yourself in it really? no pun intended you know <laughs> <laughs> no okay two things i agree that i do like the more you know i, I hate to use the word supernatural or super realistic but yeah when you're stuck on a you know strapped down to a table and you have a laser coming at you and you somehow get out of it that i do like but i think idris could play that role even though he naturally brings that darkness into it i think if it was written the way like a sean connery had it where everything in the in the time that it was shot with like 60s 70s right these new gadgets were coming out so it kind of already in itself made this more lighthearted thing where like you know his his shoe was a phone like right that in no way is that tough or is that hard but i think if it was written that way i think you find a happy medium with still that lightheartedness but still that you know that manly broodingness that um Idris has just naturally. I don't know if I See, agree with that. I, I don't think I yeah. agree either. Be- and the reason mm-hmm. why I don't agree, because I don't think that if it was written that way, yeah. I don't think you cast Idris Elba in it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think only Idris can bring 
a certain James Bond element that Daniel Craig already kind of does. Then you'll just have another Daniel Craig, but darker. But it wouldn't be Daniel Craig. Because if you're writing it, no, I'm saying as far as like, if you're writing it not for like, if a Daniel Craig would do it, if you're writing it for a Sean Connery. But if you're writing it lighter, again, you don't put Idris Elba in that. You don't cast Idris for the almost slapsticky James Bond and and try to balance it with the dark side. That, that That's not the person you, you put in that. Okay. I don't. I don't think so. No. I think if there was a happy medium between the writing and what he naturally brings, I would like to see that James Bond. Because I think writing it for what he know what he would naturally do is again too far to one side, right? And, and which is again what I feel about the Daniel Craig ones is I feel like they lean a little too, like for instance, one of I don't remember which of the Daniel Craig Bonds it was because mm-hmm. he's done like four or five of them now. Yeah. Um, but the one where uh, the one where Judy Dench uh, actually dies, Quantum of Solace. Um, no, she does the end, or that they reveal in the next one that she's the one where the where the villain actually blows up the the headquarters. Oh, oh, I can't remember, oh, yeah, I can't remember um, the name. I don't remember which one it is, but I know what you're but, talking. The thing that I disliked the most about that was that I don't go to a James Bond movie to watch the villain get the thing he wants at the end. Mm. The, that villain's goal was to blow that place up and to destroy the, you know, the, the whole organization. Yeah. And he got it. You know, I want to go to James Bond to see him like miraculously make his <laughs> way out of these ridiculous situations. Right. Yeah. You know what? I actually like that, though, because if they're going to bring something up in the sequel where he's getting revenge for that and going like rogue, then I would love to see that. But you see, I think for me, it's it's more tied to the actual James Bond himself. Mm, like, yeah. I would love that in like a Bourne movie. I, I felt like yeah, they turned yeah. the Bond movies into Born, Born movies. Yeah. And I just don't want to see James Bond like that. Mm-hmm. I want to see James Bond be a little more nothing can defeat him. You know, I it's I it's cool. I get the like the realism thing is and the darker movies and what everybody's doing. I just personally, I want to see James Bond make his way out of all those situations and the bad guy always lose. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think it reminds me of like when I used to play with uh, Nintendo sixty four. Ah, yeah, Golden Eye. Yeah. yeah, and I would always lose. So then just oh okay, it's like I'm playing the game. <laughs> oh, huh. yeah. all right, cool, awesome. No, but I I see what you're saying. One that's thing that's just these, me personally, yeah. But one thing a lot of these newer Bond movies I think are lacking in is James Bond's kind of funny. Yeah. And there's like no jokes in these Daniel Craig ones. Yeah, right. Not, at not, all. And, it's so serious. Yeah. And they've even gotten to a point where there's not even really gadgets anymore. In the last film, I think the only technical gadget that was new that introduced was like something with the car. It's always the car. I think that's, I think that's just... But like, like that was Martin that was it, thing. and I don't even think he even really used <laughs> no the new tech that was introduced. <laughs> it was really funny. The only tech in uh, Casino Royale was that they had like a heart monitor or like a pump. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is that all this car can do is bring you back to life? <laughs> Jesus, my iWatch can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I again, I just feel like in my mind that's James Bond. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's this ridiculous thing, right? And I don't really want to see James Bond more grounded in this darker thing. Like mm-hmm. I understand that like some people really love that. Yeah. I'm just personally, I would rather see James Bond be a little looser, you know, or whatever. Loosey goosey. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So, so what if we put him into one of the born series or, um, 
Well, I don't see Mission Impossible. Yeah, like Born. Like let's say Idris and yeah, in Born series. Then how would you see it? Oh, I think he would fit perfectly. Right. Right. It, I think. I here's the thing. I think he actually still fits perfectly into like the Daniel Craig movies. Mm-hmm. I just don't personally want to see that. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I I do think that Born or the Mission Impossible's or whatever. I think it just fits great in all of them. I just if I, for him to do the darker thing, I don't want to see. I don't necessarily want to see James Bond like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally fine watching Idris Elba play those kind of characters elsewhere. Yeah. You give me a Bond-like character, right? That's not Bond. That is that darker thing. Is the Bourne type movie or Mission Impossible type movie or whatever? I'm totally cool with it. Mm. I just don't want to see the actual namesake James Bond like that. It has nothing to do with whether he's black or white or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't care about so that. They want to do a girl version of it too, I think. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't care about any of that. Yeah. I just want James Bond to be fun again. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it really is. End of the day, <laughs> I feel like James Bond stopped being fun in the last four or five movies. Yeah, it was definitely more of an action than an than a action slash. I don't want to call it an action comedy because I don't think. Oh, there's, yeah, there's like zero yeah. comedy. In oh, you know who can bring that? They go female route? Oh my gosh, Jamie Bond. No, she can't. I wonder how many episodes in a row you were going to mention me. Like, I'm just, trying. You got to mention every episode. We almost went through the whole episode. Almost. But I got it. You were going to go until she calls you personally. That's what Ooh, you're doing this for, right? No, I'm going to just find her at pins. <laughs> every dog that. has his day. Every dog. Oh, see. <laughs> Yeah. So now it's every other episode that you say that. All right. <laughs> what? I didn't say last episode. I'll just sit on it. What did you guys think? No, I'm I'm totally not letting you continue that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what did you uh what do you guys think about him playing uh Hemdall? I mean again because I know there was controversy in the beginning, you know, with yeah. the the re racifying thing. <laughs> I'm making it. Yeah, re racifying yeah. is a that's a I'm made it, I made it diction. Mm-hmm. It's made a thing. Okay. Uh, you know, people were kind of up in arms at first. I, I think that quickly went away once they saw him in it and they realized <laughs> right. how dope he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, wh- wh- what do you guys think about it? Because I personally really like his presence in those movies and, and how it trickles out to the rest of the... I was going to say, it's, it seems like it makes sense. Yeah. It seems like it should have just been that way. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, you can have black people in Asgard. Leave me alone. Yeah. Can you? Shh. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, again, like I... I the comic I've never really read it, so it's not something I'm like associating with. But I still like them as as in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's also like it's the comic, but then it's also all the Norse mythology, right? It's like mm-hmm. people feeling like, well, there were no black people in Asgard. Like, <laughs> really, bro? When's the last time you went to Asgard? <laughs> How you know who's there? <laughs> well, see, my Delorean was broken at the time. So oh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. heard that before. I mean. No, I mean that's why I have I don't really have much to comment on it because it seems like it just makes sense. Yeah, it right. fits. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. I'm I'm with it. I mean, like who would play? Right. Like who yeah, like I don't know. Looking Daniel at Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, oh. I know what I wanted to ask you, Henry, because I know you're probably as excited for this as I am. You know Idris is playing the villain in Hobbs and yep. Shaw, right? Yep. I am so I am happy for that. for that. That's next year, right? Or 2020? No, next year. Next year. Oh, see? Next year's going to be a good year. Yeah, next year's a badass year for movies. Uh, yeah. No, it is. Uh, Avengers? It's going to be half and half with Disney. Yep. That's why. <laughs> still pretty good. Yeah. No, it's, gonna, it's still going to be a great year. 
But yeah, no, I, I am I am excited for that because that spinoff, yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for that one. I, I, I didn't see that coming, honestly. No? No, I didn't see it coming. I, I can't say that I like guessed they were gonna cast him, but I it makes sense though. The only time they would probably hint it was when they had that little uh, moment where they were just working under the car. And they were talking about. Oh, you mean you didn't see the movie itself coming? Yeah, the spinoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Idris I was completely. No, nah, I was completely. Okay. No, no, that. No, yeah, because that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see the spinoff coming either. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. Of course, he's gonna play the villain. But yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else to really get into with uh, Mr. Alba. He was in Finding Dory. He sure was. was. You know, he's actually really good as voice a, a voice actor. actor. Yes. I want to say he had like three in the same year. It was like I, Zootopia. I yeah. think Zootopia, Zootopia, Jungle Book, and Finding Dory might have all been the same year. Wow. Really? I think so. That was a busy year for that man. Yeah. Good God. I, you know, I kind of want to see some of his earlier work. Like when he like first started. I don't know why it's so interesting to me to see like where he kind of like started from. Well, I know he was doing a lot of TV series in yeah. the UK for a while. Was he was just like fighting, a, wasn't it? Fighting one of them. I don't know. Uh, I know he was a boxer in one of the other series. Sense. I don't know what. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen it, but I saw a glimpse of it. Mm. I kind of want to see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he was always been casted as that guy, as just that yeah, guy. That, yeah, that guy. No, I mean, well, his first one of his first real breaks in the U.S. was The Wire. Mm. And everything before that was pretty much just you know. TV series and UK stuff and all that. But I mean, from then he pretty much has just been nonstop powerhouse since yeah, then. Man, three movies in one year. That's a I lot. mean, yeah. But if you even think about the other stuff that he did, even shortly after the wire, everything from, you know, 28 weeks later to American gangster oh, to yeah. this Christmas to losers and takers. And it's just, he did, he just kept going and he's just like has not stopped since then. And I, I'm I'm willing to bet right now on IMDB he probably has at least two projects filming and two <laughs> in post production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna pull it up. Two filming. Yep. Two in pre-production. Oh, excuse oh, me. Sorry. <laughs> but so yeah, got four movies coming out. Jeez. One of them is a series. A series? What? Wow. Yeah. Something called Torn Up Charlie. I wonder if he's Charlie. He is Charlie. Oh. Is he torn up? It's a Netflix series. <laughs> oh, okay. Charlie, a struggling DJ. <laughs> so he's torn wow. up. Oh. And Eternal Bachelor is given a final chance at success when he reluctantly becomes a nanny to his famous best friend's problem child daughter. See, one thing I can't see Idris doing is spinning the turntables. <laughs> I don't know if I can see that. You know, he's really a DJ, right? Like in real life, he's really a DJ. Tim had no idea. Look, look at his face. Tim no, had no idea. No, he's not. I'm I serious. You said, I thought you were going to say you couldn't see him being like a babysitter. Right. I thought that yeah. too. But no. No, I guess he's being a babysitter. No, he's really a DJ in real life. I don't believe you. Yeah, booking for your I'm, next event. I'm, I'm not joking, Tim. Yeah, you are. I mean, I'm trying to think of like... Tim, Idris Elba is a DJ. That's, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'll ask him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> You can check with him, yeah, but I'm honest. I'm very serious. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that script actually, that concept makes a lot of sense, really. 
Oh man, Idris, you dog! I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, and and wait, because one of the one of the movies. Oh my gosh, he's gonna be in Cats. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hope he plays like a parakeet. <laughs> Is that like the movie Dogs, but Cats? No, I think it's Cats, the play, like yeah. the play. <laughs> no. Yeah, yes. dude. With the dancing. Oh, if I'm going to see Idris do a jeté. <laughs> do a pot of bouillet. Oh, God. I would pay money to see that. Well, I would actually can. watch that in the theater. You, you, can, you can do that, Tim. You, Wait, when? When it comes out next year. Idris, I'll see you at the premiere. <laughs> I'm just looking at the names of the people in this movie. Oh my gosh. Is he back in one of them? Oh, I hope so. No. Damn it. No, but yeah, people like Idris Elba, Rebel Wilson, Ian McKellen, uh-huh. James Corden, Judy Dench, what? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Jennifer Hudson, Jason Derulo. Like, oh, what? Jason Derulo. what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening See, in this movie? That's a dream cast. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 because they're missing Usher. Uh, no, that's that's more like a Sega Genesis. That's what <laughs> wow, cast one. Okay, next year is gonna be a great year for movies. <laughs> <laughs> a great year for movies. Yet you will still not see any of them. <laughs> That's true. I almost saw Mowgli. <laughs> the thing that you can watch on your phone, literally. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's all right. No, it's not. <laughs> Whatever. I'm. We're. I'm gonna get out of here. I just. I've, after reading this about cats, oh, I don't even know if I can say anything more about it just right now because now I'm going to hold judgment on how I feel about him <laughs> as an actor. See, I thought it was more surprising for him as a DJ, not in cats. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. All right. But yes, he's an actual DJ. You should look that up. <laughs> buy his album. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Okay. Well, <laughs> this has been a great episode. You guys are fun. You guys are swell. You guys are... Yeah, I like to do voices. No, that's it. That's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see your beautiful faces again. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I am Jeff Wood. I am here with Henry Marquis. I am here with The Last and the Furious Tim. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> and we can't bring up last episode stuff to this episode. Oh, that's every episode. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. This is The Fourth Wall. That's a wrap. We out. Wow. He really is a DJ. Is he really? <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine going to a club and seeing Idris Elba going just like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that. Cut! That's a cut. That's awesome. Yeah. Whoa. do 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 Yo, his lisp was so serious. Wait, wasn't he in that Christmas movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Was that one this Christmas? Is that the one that was? Yeah, was that, that was one? the one. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and the music video was literally him walking down the street. <laughs> Every video of his is him walking down the street. No, but this was different. No, yeah, he was on a train this station. This was him walking down Candy Cane Lane. <laughs> <laughs> so it's different.